the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vices. I don't have to show you any stinking vices. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hour two of the Salcedo Show is underway. Glad you have tuned in, everybody, here to the program. And uh, we'll be making a connection here with uh, Mary Ramirez. In mere moments, uh, every single time, it seems, I try to make a call with this, with Skype. The dang thing wants to update. So it's it's sitting here right in front of me on my screen. And it's saying it's updating. Uh, Mary Ramirez joining us now on the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, lady, what's happening? Hey, Chris, how are you? Uh, sh- folks, just, just in the interest of full disclosure, she is a full half hour ahead of her normal appearance time on Fridays because, hey... There are some things to do from a, for the mommies have to do who are expecting, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. We got to go hear baby's heartbeat in just a few minutes. So I thought I'd, I'd get a jump and do this early. So thank you for accommodating. No, no, no problem. It. You know, I, first off, I don't know how much exercise you do, but I am, I am hearing that it's all the rage among people in your generation because you, you are somewhat millennial. For the, <laughs> this, this yoga thing, uh, the, yes. the hot yoga and all. And, and the hot yoga is actually temperature, right? It's not like it's, it's upbeat yoga. It's more no. hot as in temperature. They, they skyrocket the temperature. They make, they make you sweat like a pig, right? It is. Um, they actually don't recommend it when you're pregnant because it is quite warm in the room. But yeah. uh, I do exercise. I ran a 5K last weekend. So I'm keeping it up. Keeping you it up. ran a 5K? Yes, I did. Good Terrible grief. time, but I finished. So. Man, alive. <laughs> I just, you know what? I, I, I really suck when it comes to fit. Um, Mary Ramirez. You're a little busy. Well, that there's that. Um, I've, I've got some reading material I've got to get into too. I've got, I've got some mandatory reading I got to, I got to pull off here the next couple of weeks. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, why don't you let me know what's going on with you and and what uh, you are writing about this week? Well, um, as we come up on another 4th of July, I've had a couple of things rattling around in my head. And and one of them has to do with someone that we actually both know. Um, It's Jonathan Dunn. He's been doing a podcast with The Blaze for a while now. He's from Ireland, and he does a pretty good job of explaining our values um, and our history to us. And, um, well, his dream has been to come to the United States. It's been his dream for two decades or more. And uh, he got a job offer. He had a an employer ready and willing to bring him over here and go through all the legal hoops and the financial obligations to get him over here, <clears throat> excuse me, legally. And unfortunately, um, his his immigration attorney informed him that there was not a work permit that would allow him, that would fit his criteria to allow him to come over here legally, which of course was devastating. And it's amazing to me because it's it's so ironic that we, we, we canned out the right to live here like candy to illegal aliens. But when you got somebody, you know, hardworking, you know, clean record, good person wants to come over here. Oh, no, 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 we shut the door. Um, so, but it got me thinking about the rest of us. You know, this is, I mean, he, he, he went on Facebook when he got this news and, you know, he's holding back, fighting back tears because this I is saw a the, dream. I saw the video. Yeah. It ripped me apart. I'm, I know, exactly. And it just got me thinking, like, how, do we get it? Like, do we Americans, and he, even those, frankly, who are here illegally that have been allowed to stay, do we get what an incredible unmatched inheritance that we have in our hands simply by virtue of, of being here. I like I mean, where you're, I, I like, I just, well, hold on. I like where you're going and I, and I want you to be able to do this uninterrupted, but I, before we let Jonathan Dunn's pl- 
quite go. Okay. I just want I just want to take a minute because I think you made a, a fantastic point. I don't want to let it go without being, I don't know, punctuated. Uh, <laughs> the fact of the matter is we have a we have a political persuasion in this country that bends over backwards for illegal aliens and illegal alien felons. And then right. here you got a guy, Jonathan Dunn, who wants to come in from uh, an allied country who has gainful employment, who's walking through the front door and says, you know what, I, I, I was told by several friends just to go in illegally, and he says, I have too much respect for America to do that. And, and this guy is the one who gets crapped on by, by this system, by individuals like uh, Representative Gutierrez, who we oh. just heard from a, a, a minute ago. So I, uh, Jonathan Dunn, explains, as you rightly point out, American history and a love for American history better than many cradle-born Americans do, have more of a reverence for our rule of law than we do because he doesn't have the same kind of thing where he's from. So What a concept. I, I know, right? So I, I, don't, I don't want to, I mean, what, what a 4th of July story in the finest sense of an individual who wants to come to yearn, who yearns to breathe free, However, the current state of decadence in this country, because we have been far too long under, under left-wing rule and under left-wing dominance, uh, his situation, somebody good and noble and forthright and lo- somebody who legitimately loves this country, not to get a job, but loves America, is not welcome. And so many people who want, whose first uh, uh, expression upon entering our country is to crap on our laws. Uh, they're welcome with open arms. I mean, what a juxtaposition and how far we have fallen. I know. Isn't that amazing? Here, he's not even asking for anything. He's, he's, he doesn't want to come here. And not that there's anything wrong with wanting to come here and, and making a better financial life for yourself. Many people did that. My ancestors did that. But he wants to come and work here to help save the country. He wants nothing. I mean, I've heard him say a million times he worked for free if he could. And in many cases, he does. He goes and gives speeches for free. So it, it is, it's such an incredible example. And I think it's, it's something that we Americans need to take pause and look at him and realize well, yeah. we're here. You know what pisses and, me off, too, is that you've got Patrick Stewart, who is a, <laughs> a, a resident of the U.K., who is vowing to come over and become an American citizen. And he's got the notoriety and he's got the cash. So oh, he'll, you know he could do it. He'll, yeah. be, he'll be able to come in and his stated goal is so he can oppose Donald Trump. Unbelievable. And that's okay. That. Let's, let's get a oh. leftist like Patrick Stewart over here to mm-hmm. oppose our president. But then here comes Jonathan Dunn, somebody who has a, a belief and a love for the foundation of this country. And, oh, no, we got to keep him out. It's like our buddy Jack Buckby. Jack Buckby. Exactly. Jack going to get married to an American citizen. And he can't mm-hmm. come over here because some leftist put him on some sort of a watch list. His only crime is being a conservative. I don't like where this is going. As a matter of fact, folks, I, I really wish that you guys, before we let Mary finish up here, I wish you'd call your congressman. I wish you'd call your senators. Let them know about Jonathan Dunn's plight, about Jack mm-hmm. Buckby's plight, and then use the examples that Mary and I are using right now. Here are good uh, individuals, good conservatives who have love and devotion for this country, for the United States of America, and want to be a part of it. And, and, yeah. they, and they can't come in, but illegal aliens, illegal alien felons, and leftists like Patrick Stewart, oh, they, they get the red carpet rolled out for them. It's a travesty. These are honorable men, and they do. You are, I'm so glad you brought that up, and you are so right. You, your audience, you have a wonderful audience. Use your voices. Call your representatives, your, your senators, your congressmen. These are honorable men that 
should be here. If, if we stand for everything we say we stand for, they should be here. But of course, we know we live in some, some sort of alternate universe today where where that's not the case. But yeah, so it just, so I'm writing about him and I, I just, I couldn't get him out of my head because this, I mean, this could have been his first 4th of July, depending on how quickly they could have processed his work visa. I don't know. But regardless, he's he is for the foreseeable future not coming. Um, and, and yet he continues to preach the message of American exceptionalism and how different we are from the rest of the world. We are so different in the sense that no other nation did what our founders did. And what breaks my heart, this is the second thing that was rattling around in my head, what breaks my heart is that we're throwing it away. We're throwing that heritage away every day by doing what you just outlined, celebrating people who come here illegally while turning away the Jonathan Dunn's of the world, right? We're throwing it away when we celebrate collectivism over the individual, you know, when we chain ourselves to a massive welfare state government that, that provides everything cradle to grave and, and takes over our freedoms by virtue of doing that, we're throwing away that heritage when we celebrate government involvement in things like healthcare. I had, I don't know if you've heard about this case, but Charlie Gard over in the UK, I don't know where he's, where, where his fate is right now. He was supposed to be taken off life support, but he's the infant um, whose parents had appealed to the, the uh, European Court of Appeals to get their son taken out of the UK and over to the US to be to be treated for a yeah. disease that he has. And of course, those courts they demonically ruled against the parents. They and, won't and, release and the, him, you know, because, exactly, because that, that proves socialism fails and they can't allow that to happen. And that is what, exactly, but that is what we're headed for because we, and I say collectively, not you and I, but we, are throwing away our heritage and everything that made us so different from the rest of the world, the way we'd been doing it for millennia. We're throwing that away when we celebrate things like gov- government involvement in, in, in healthcare. Even the, the, the Republicans, the repeal and replace Republicans. Why do we have to replace government-run health care? Isn't that just a straight repeal? So my point just simply is, I want people this 4th of July, you know, as we eat our hamburgers and we watch our fireworks do all those wonderful things, Remember people like Jonathan Dunn, and remember how lucky you are to be here, to, to have this heritage and protect it. That's our, that is our solemn duty to everyone who died, protecting it before us, so that we could sit here and live in this unmatched country. Amen to it that. Is, it's, 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 our, it's our duty. What's the name of your piece, Mary? Sure. So go to my blog, and uh, it is Fellow Americans, Do You Get How Blessed You Are? And I'll tweet that out after the, the and, segment. Uh, note to the the fine Salcedo Show production staff today, I think this one ought to be one of our feature articles on the Chris Salcedo Show channel. Uh, we've been figuring out a way. Uh, when Dunn is coming over on a tour of the United States, he won't be able to stay, but he's yes. going to be over here. When he does get over here, we're going to get him on the program, but this uh, allows us to maybe... To maybe uh, I don't know grease the skids, maybe uh, roll out a, a, a little more of a welcome mat for him. Amen. Uh, and let's let's get this up on the front page so that uh, folks can ruminate on this on the Fourth of July holiday. Mary Ramirez, everybody, uh, we'll retweet this out coming up uh, uh, after we get into this end of the commercial break. Have a great Fourth of July. Thank you so much. You too. God All bless. Right. You're right. More to come, folks. The Chris Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. You are listening to the Chris Salcedo Show. The Blaze Radio Network. Chris Salcedo. 
from the highest levels of the Russian government, clearly from Putin himself, in an effort, as 17 of our intelligence agencies have confirmed, to influence our elections. 17 agencies came to a consensus conclusion that we took the extraordinary step of making public. We have 17 U.S. intelligence agencies who have said uh, that Russia attempted to influence our election. 17 U.S. intelligence agencies issued a statement expressing their unanimous assessment. Yes, uh, that all sounds well and good, but it's just a, a pack of lies. Welcome back, everybody. It's Chris Salcedo's show. The New York Times, of all people. This, this lie was repeated once again. And uh, the New York Times was caught pushing more fake news. New York Times issued a correction Thursday on an article that incorrectly claimed that all 17 U.S. intelligence agencies agree that Russia orchestrated the attacks and did it to get Trump elected. Original article published June 25th covered certain reactions that President Trump gave in response to Russian cyber attacks. Turns out the truth is it isn't 17, actually only four of those 17 gave that reaction. But you know, it never stops Democrats from repeating something over and over and over again in true, true propaganda fashion. If you do that, it becomes truth. And that has been their MO, their modus operandi. Has it not, ladies and gentlemen? Uh, speaking about the great efforts, and I think the Republicans do deserve credit for passing Kate's Law in the House, for passing the crackdown on sanctuary cities in the House. The Attorney General was asked a very pointed question. We've brought this up in the Chris Salcedo show on several occasions by Pete Hegseth this morning. The attorney general was talking with Fox and friends and Pete had a very good question. What is so frustrating? It's it basically is what Mary and I were just bandying about back and forth. Have a listen. Uh, Mr. Attorney General, just generally speaking, has it surprised you since you've taken this position and been involved in all these fights, how much the rule of law has, has diminished? Do you feel like it's ultimately lawlessness and unwillingness to just pay attention to the basic laws on the books that have created this? Yeah, uh, I would say, well, for the Attorney General answers, I would say yes. These last eight years have been incredibly destructive to the rule of law, sponsored by one political party and one political ideology liberalism they're lawless they are uh, by their very nature uh, against their own country think about this every single time you get into a, a conversation with a committed progressive how long does it take the conversation to devolve into them blaming America I mean you could be talking about the worst regimes in the world Iran, Venezuela, Cuba, Russia, uh, China. But these libs only have criticism for one country, the United States. We had one such progressive idiot in the Oval Office for the last eight years. And part of that ideology, part of that political persuasion was the abandonment of the rule of law. And you're just really trying to bring that back into order? I, that's the way I feel about it, um, um, Pete, I believe that's you. Uh, this is a uh, 
frustrating thing. Uh, under the laws of the United States, you should only enter this country properly. You don't get to come into the country illegally, and if you do, you're subject to being deported. You are really subject to being deported if you come into the country illegally and murder somebody or commit another serious crime. They must be deported, and they must not be allowed to re-enter. The American people are correct and decent and good. They want a lawful system of immigration. Yes, the American people are, but one political party is not. They, why do you think they're losing so many elections, folks? Is it the Democrat Party is going to places where the vast majority of Americans can't follow them to violence, to to justifying violence against their political per, uh, their political opponents to the abandonment of the rule of law, the very fabric of a civilized society. And Americans either intellectually or intuitively know that that leads to nowhere good. And that's why they're losing elections. Nobody can get behind a, a, a moron like Gutierrez, Congressman Gutierrez, who says that if you enforce the rule of law, that somehow means you're, you hate Mexicans. And that, that only those breaking the rule of law are Mexicans. <laughs> that's, that's what he's, he's trying to perpetuate, that myth. So I think the Attorney General is spot on here. The restoration of the rule of law. And many of the lawless folks, again... 99.9% of them reside inside of one political party. They don't appreciate all the rules being instituted because the number one thing that I can tell you folks are progressive, the number one thing they don't like hearing, like any petulant child, is the word no. That protects the national interest, one they can be proud of, and it's time for the politicians in this country and the leaders to join president trump and get this done mm -hmm. and i'm going to tell you it can be done it's not impossible from fox business another story new jersey millionaires on welfare busted more to come prosecutors say the seven wealthy new jersey couples including a rabbi and his wife who allegedly gamed the system to collect about two million dollars in unmerited welfare benefits Maybe may just be the tip of the iceberg. They skimmed off of Medicaid, <clears throat> food stamps, Social Security, and public housing. They're they're millionaires, and they they built the taxpayers of two million bucks. What does this tell us, folks? What does this tell us? This tells us that the lament that Ronald Reagan gave when he was in office is even more true today. This government is too big and spends too much of our money. This government has grown beyond the consent of the governed. This government, it is impossible. It is so damned big that it is impossible for them to be good stewards with our money. Why am I busting my rear end? Why are you busting your rear end to, to fund government programs that those 535 individuals up on Capitol Hill have no prayer of administering? Why are we doing this? It's time to stop. We check in with the Millennials. Coming up next, The Chris Salcedo Show. You're on The Blaze. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze. On The Blaze Radio Network. 
The largest demographic in our country is millennials. They now eclipse baby boomers. So we like to check in every once in a while, see what's on their mind. Liz Wolf is the editor of Young Voices. Uh, she is, it's a nonprofit organization, by the way, based out of Washington, D.C., that works with millennial political commentators. Her writing has been published in the Houston Chronicle, Reason Magazine, Daily Beast, USA Today, and the Washington Examiner. Liz, welcome back to the Salcedo Show. Hi, how are you, Chris? I'm doing well. You're going to have to educate me on a couple of things because one of your focuses now, I understand the whole abortion debate. Don't get me wrong on that. But you're late. You're, don't giggle at me. I mean, I, I just don't know the Handmaid's Tale. I'm not. At, Sean berates me and YTK constantly berate me because I am so deficient on some of these shows that are coming up on cable and on Netflix and all this kind of stuff. And, and The Handmaid's Tale, you use this show to demonstrate the absurdity of a, of a protest against uh, limiting abortion. What was this all about? Yeah, don't worry. I can explain it to you. Um, you're in good hands. <laughs> um, the Handmaid's Tale is basically, it's a show that's been very popular lately. It's played on Hulu. Um, and it's about this really just crazy dystopian reality, um, well, potential reality of, of this republic called Gilead. And it's basically this very theocratic sort of backwards um, authoritarian government where the top male politicians, the ruling class, if you will, they um, sort of hold women as slaves and use them as sort of birthing chattel um, or like human incubators um, because there's a big fertility crisis. And so the concept is in order to keep their country going, they have to reproduce. And since there's so, so many issues with fertility, they use these women as sort of slaves to do so. Um, so it's a very melodramatic take. It's based off of Margaret Atwood's novel um, of the same name. And it's, it's a beautifully done show, excellent acting. Um, but it's really interesting. It's been used in a lot of protests recently, uh, one in Ohio that I wrote about, and one really recently in Washington, D.C., where pro-choicers dress up as handmaids and sort of draw that comparison between this horrible, horrible, theocratic, authoritarian regime and what we're currently experiencing today with the abortion rights debate. And it's a really strange um, way of expressing that message to me. Strange, and of course, it doesn't comport with reality, which is uh, mm -hmm. symptomatic of, of, of our political opposition. Another thing that's on your mind, and, and I've I got to ask you why you chose to write about this. I mean, I, I don't mind that you did. Uh, it's just something that doesn't occur, occur to us in, in, in normal, normal conversation or normal political parlance. Smarter design for Skid Row, and you focused in on something going out in Los Angeles, yes? Mm-hmm, yeah. So my goal as a conservative libertarian writer is basically to communicate to people that um, a lot of the messaging, especially to young people, it, it doesn't, so many young people are liberal these days, right? And I want to communicate to them that it's not, that a lot of their assumptions about Republicans or conservatives aren't necessarily right. And so even if we don't favor a government approach to certain issues, we still want to solve things like poverty and homelessness. So I was really studying these nonprofits and these new projects um, that are attempting to use design to create better, smarter, safer homeless shelters for the homeless. Um, so, yeah, that was published in City Lab actually yesterday. Hmm. OK, so the whole idea is to provide uh, the homeless folks with what, something bare bones, uh, a roof over their head. 
uh, with these small, uh, energy efficient, easy to, and, and cheap uh, houses. Is that what they are? Or these these uh, yeah. what, what are they? What are they? What are they called? There, well, they have a few different names. There's the Micropads Project. Um, there's a project going on in Seattle. Generally, the most generic term could be like prefabricated housing pods. Mm-hmm. And they tend to be very small. They tend to range from about 190 to 400 square feet. Um, so definitely smaller than your average city apartment, for example. Um, but one, some of these projects, the pods are already constructed typically in China, and they can be transported on the back of an 18-wheeler. So you can typically fit, fit three of these little tiny houses on the back of a truck. Um, and, then and, this is, and this is done and this is done as a solution to a homelessness problem instead of opening up all these shelters they just house them mm-hmm. now, now where do they get the property for this well a lot of the times it's, it's nice because since you don't have to deal with going through the really onerous um, zoning regulation process you have a lot more flexibility in terms of the size of lot you can choose um, so it's it's really interesting part of the reason is because a lot of homeless people are um, resistant to going to shelters. A lot of the times there's issues with bed bugs, with lice, with disease transmission, with theft. There's some really awful stuff that goes on, and a lot of us aren't aware of it because we don't, you know, sort of have a, a front line, uh, front row seat I, to these I issues. I get it. I get it, yeah. And, and they're temporary structures, so you don't need to go through all the, the permitting and all that kind of stuff. Exactly. Uh, uh, Liz w- uh, Wolf is our guest, folks, editor, for uh, the chief editor for Young Voices. Last thing I wanted to talk to you about is to get your perspective on on the tweeting habits of the president of the United States. <laughs> well, how, how are millennials processing what they're seeing from this administration? Well, I think millennials are, and everybody, honestly, um, is sort of being distracted from the, the main issues right now. I mean, if you look at all these scandals related to CNN's coverage of Russia, if you look at these scandals related to Morning Joe, it's really unreasonable the amount of time we're devoting to these things. Um, and it's distracting from these real issues. So I think Trump sort of, President Trump uses this as um, a means to, of getting free press time. Um, and he sort of does what he wants, right? He's a very powerful man. And I now, wish now, he focused a lot more on the real issues at play here. Doesn't sound to me like you're as outraged as maybe some of these baby boomers who uh, occupy the sets of, of MSNBC and CNN. It sounds to me like the millennials are taking this more in stride than maybe the rest of the, the rest of the country. Well, I think we're sort of used to it right now, right? I mean, yeah. this is nothing new. This is what President Trump has been doing for months and months now. And at least my take, perhaps this isn't how everybody's processing it, but I think we should be processing it with a little bit more um, of a sense of, prioritization of real issues we're, we're really letting us letting this distract us i agree you know i mean here you've got a tweet that the president puts out and the reason why he gets so much attention is because they can beat him up over it but he tweets out all the time when he tweets about policy nobody pays attention on these so-called <laughs> news networks Liz wolf is her name folks as she is the chief editor for young voices check out her stuff at uh, the washington examiner houston chronicle daily beast usa today Uh, Thank you so much. Happy 4th of July, Liz. Thanks for being here. (laughs) Thank you so much, Chris. Happy 4th to you, too. 888-933-93-888-900-3393. It's always nice. You see, I I have to make sure the millennials here on the the Chris Salcedo show are well represented. Right, Ellie? (laughs) Right, Blake? You guys, you guys, you guys like having a once in a while millennial representative on the, on the program just to make sure that your voices are out there? (laughs) <laughs> like I don't really care 
Uh, uh, triple, <laughs> triple eight, nine hundred thirty three ninety three. The Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, last segment before the long holiday weekend, Fourth of July, celebrating our independence. Look, before uh, I just, I, I don't think we could have said any better than having Mary's segment on. Uh, for all of our faults here in the United States, we're still freer than any other place on the planet, and there are those of us who are dedicated to making sure it stays that way. That's why we fight Luis Gutierrez and Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren. They're dedicated to the upper, other proposition of making us look like Europe, of making us look like Venezuela, making us look like Cuba or China. That's why we oppose them. That's why we must continue. There's too much at stake. And for those uh, who think that's over-dramatizing things a little bit. Just remember President Reagan's lament. Freedom must be defended again, again, and then again. uh, Freedom is only a generation away from being lost. Uh, You guys are going to hear some caterwauling in the coming weeks as the Trump administration decides we're going to do away with the presidential daily briefing. But there is bipartisan support for this. Ari Fleischer... Uh, who is President Bush's, or was, President Bush's press secretary, and Mike McCurry, who was Clinton's former press secretary. They both agree. Time to go away. And McCurry uh, completely wants it gone, says it was a mistake for him to bring it in. So that's all going on. And then lastly, there is this story that came out of the Washington Times. I think this was Wednesday. Where are we at? What day is today? Of course, my calendar's not popping up on the uh, screen here. What are we at? The 30th? Yeah, it's the 30th. No? Yeah, it is the 30th. Two days ago. And who wrote this? Uh, Dan Boylan and Andrea Noble. Schumer uses Senate rule to scuttle meeting on unmasking of Obama officials. Now it's getting serious because unlike Trump and his campaign staff, Obama was in official capacity in government. And now people want to know, hey, why did you unmask all these people? What what national security purpose did you state or did you have for doing this? For violating the Fourth Amendment of so many people for over for several years against the FISA court? And Chucky Schumer doesn't want anybody looking into this. And then now it's also turning on resident Obama because now, now we know that resident Obama knew six months before the election about this alleged unprecedented hacking, not hacking, uh, electronic interference or attempted interference in our elections and did Basically, what he did his entire occupation of the Oval Office sat on his ass. 
and did nothing when it came to those threatening America. If somebody threatened America, Barack Obama did nothing. If somebody threatened America's allies, Barack Obama did nothing. All you need to do is look at Russia. All you need to do is look at China. All you need to do is look at Cuba, Iran, ISIS. And Newt Gingrich seems to think that we are very close to this happening. Because guess what's about to happen? The Congress is about to have to call Barack Obama in to testify under oath about when he knew about Russian meddling. Was it really last August, as the news stories say? Who told him? Why did he do nothing? Who was in the meetings when he decided to do nothing? It's going to turn out, yes, there's a big Russian story. It's Barack Obama. Resident Obama knew about what we're told today is unprecedented interference and chose to do nothing. And even Democrats like Adam Schiff are saying, why the hell didn't you do anything? So now look, this isn't out of character with resident Obama, as we just articulated. I mean, Mr. Obama made an entire occupation of the Oval Office out of doing nothing to America's benefit. I mean, can you guys remember one time where he stood up for America against thugs, against despots or dictators? I can't. As a matter of fact, uh, Bashar al-Assad could use weapons of mass destruction and Barack Obama wouldn't lift a finger. Bashar al-Assad could gas his own people and Barack Obama wouldn't lift a finger. Now, what about this idea that Russia delivered the election on a silver platter for Trump? Now, I, I fully concede that Russia attempted to interfere with the election, but that's not groundbreaking. They've been doing that since the Soviet era, right? But we're told it was special this time. So here was President Obama. In, and again, he had been briefed that this was an unprecedented, allegedly, that it was an unprecedented attack. And here's what he was saying. I have never seen in my lifetime or in modern political history any presidential candidate trying to discredit the elections and the election process before votes have even taken place. It's unprecedented. It happens to be based on no facts. Every expert, regardless of political party, regardless of ideology, conservative or liberal, who has ever examined these issues in a serious way will tell you that instances of significant voter fraud are not to be found. So the man is standing up in front of the country after he allegedly has information under his hat of the most extensive attempted interference in our elections in American history. That's what the Democrats want us to think. So he has that information and he chooses to do nothing. Now look, I I challenged a Democrat today on the Chris Salcedo Show Twitter account. Why don't you join me in calling for military action against Russia to punish them for even thinking about interfering in our election militarily? And you guys want to see a liberal run for the exits 
when you talk about bringing real accountability to the Russians. They don't, they don't, want, they don't want to harm the Russians. The Democrats don't want to harm the Russians. The Democrats want to harm Trump. Democrats never want to harm enemies of the United States, do they? And which Obama was it? Was he being truthful when he was saying that, or was he being truthful that it was an unprecedented attack? Hey, remember, everybody, a society's worth isn't measured by how much power is seized by government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Happy Fourth. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. (laughs) 